This podcast was researched and compiled on Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. We'd like to pay our respects to the elders and custodians of this land where sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Brain on Writing, the podcast where we unpack the experience of reading and writing and try to understand what it does to our brains. I'm Professor Inga Mewburn and I produce this podcast with Associate Professor Paul McGee. Paul and I write books and we teach writing. We share a fascination with the way that words on a page can become images in our minds or ideas in our hearts. We produce this podcast series with the undergraduate student interns from the Centre for Public Awareness of Science at the Australian National University. This episode is about waffle, the struggles to find and use words that create meaning rather than just fill up a page. Bad academic writing is full of waffle, but are all academics equally at risk of generating waffle? Even the mathematicians? This episode was researched and narrated by Isaac Tang and contains interview segments with one of his maths lecturers at ANU, Dr Griffin Ware. We hope you enjoy it. I am an overtexter. My text messages are filled with superfluous nonsense, details that don't matter, clear evidence of my need to share everything with people. Perhaps you know an overtexter like me, someone who makes your phone buzz with large volumes of words packed with details you didn't ask for. Maybe there's a coworker or a colleague who writes 1,000 word emails. Possibly you've sat through a 30 minute presentation that contained three minutes of information. On the flip side, maybe you relate more to those who write the nonsense. Maybe you've needed to stall at a corporate presentation because you only had two minutes worth of material and your new supervisor wants a 20 minute update. Perhaps as a student, you needed to reach the word count, unabbreviating every contraction and inserting drivel to reach the 2000 word limit. These examples and situations are instances of waffle. Waffle can be frustrating to experience in people's speech and it can certainly be found in writing as well. There can be waffle at the start of an online recipe, waffle in a tech support page when you just need to know how to fix the printer, waffle at the end of a novel 
when you just want to know how the story ends. Perhaps this introduction contains a bit of waffle. In this podcast episode, we will discuss what waffle is, but we won't be discussing the kinds of waffle I talked about above. We are going to look at something that will seem furthest away from waffle, the field of mathematics. Dr. Griffith Ware, a mathematician from the Australian National University, will help us see that mathematical proofs can have waffle in them as well. But he'll also help us see that there are some positive uses of waffle. It can be a way for researchers to think through problems and can even be a beneficial teaching practice. Griff started by telling us a bit about his interest in mathematics. I think mathematics has been is something which I've I've always had an affinity for. It was something I happened to be good at at school. And somehow the idea that I was going to study maths to a higher level and end up, you know, involved with university mathematics was something that I I guess it was sort of like a default position for me, and um, I, I always enjoyed it. I th- the, the key thing, I guess, is that I always enjoyed it. And something I would say to any students who are thinking about cho- choosing courses at university or whatever, the most important thing really is that you, you're, you're choosing things that you enjoy studying. So for me, how I came to mathematics was the fact that it was something I naturally enjoyed. I found it a beautiful subject, you know, the aesthetic of, of how things together as in, in mathematics is something that I, I value quite, quite highly. We knew Griff had some unusual thoughts about the relationship between mathematics and waffle, and we asked him to share them with us. We'll start with his definition of waffle. To speak or write at length in a vague or trivial manner. As Griff will now go on to state, properly speaking, there shouldn't be any waffle in mathematics conclusion and we've, we've got to be really careful that we don't sort of introduce some intuitive leap at some point and that everything is properly justified in principle right so in, in practice you know you, you make steps that could in principle be formally justified by expanding out down to the basic logic but but in practice you are making a some sort of a jump and it's sort of Valid if everyone around you accepts that that jump is is able to be, <laughs> in principle, formally justified. But but that that approach to how we write proofs in mathematics sort of leads to a, a very interesting situation when it comes to the concept of waffle, because if you are properly following this structure of, of writing a rigorous proof, you could almost argue that there is no such thing as waffle because everything is meant to be clear right like 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 it's meant to be that that from this line you can derive this next line and and it's it's somewhat self-evident um from from a logical connection perspective uh so so that in a pure proof this concept of waffle is is quite hard to pin down i would i would say that said from a from a if you're going to make a, a value judgment sort of idea about what counts as a as a as a clear proof and what counts as not a clear proof, then I think if you you can you could argue that if you spell out too much of the fine detail, then that counts as waffling because uh-huh. it's just sort of added unnecessary detail. 
that that the person who's reading it doesn't doesn't actually need. You, you could have just skipped over several lines, and and it would have still have been clear to them. So, so I think you know there's 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 definitely a sort of fine balance to be had between just saying it's obvious that this follows from this. I mean, that's one of the worst things, and I, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, in the middle of lecturing, accidentally saying, "Well, obviously we can do." You know, you should never say obvious because obvious depends on the audience. And, and you, you know, the amount of detail you need to go into when going from line A to line B really should be dependent on who you're talking to. So I think, I think in the context of a formally written out mathematical proof, whether it's waffle or not is probably dependent on your audience. In communication, especially in academic communication, Dr. Griff is saying that the receiving audience clearly dictates what constitutes as waffle. However, is there a more dynamic contextual nature to waffle? And, and I, so I think from a technical proof-based perspective, what, what counts as waffle will heavily depend on, on the background of, of the reader, I would argue. But I would also say that, that the formal proofs are not, in some sense, not not in any way the be-all and end-all of, of, of what counts as mathematical communication. A lot of people in the modern world would argue that a um, mathematical talk, for, you know, a presentation at a conference or whatever, should actually have very, very little proof in it at all and that it should be more about sort of explaining the concepts and the ideas that went into a paper that's just been written or whatever else. And it's more like an advert for, for let's hook the audience so that they go away and then read the paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And to, to really explain what's going on without, without getting in bogged down in the technical detail, because in a short conference talk, there's really no way that you can get across the fine detail of a proof that requires lots of careful thinking and, and all that kind of stuff, and to an audience which has mixed backgrounds and 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 all that kind of thing. So, you know, if you're in the context of a conference talk, basically starting with definition, theorem, proof. Thirty minutes later, I've finished a proof. End of conference talk. Like that's that's waffle, maybe. Like maybe maybe, maybe that's because you, you, almost certainly the audience hasn't followed you. Mm. <laughs> right. like, like, so it's not clear it, you know from an abstract perspective maybe everything every single step you made is clear but you have not provided clarity to your audience they, they haven't learned gained any understanding fr from that so you know there's a very there's a very dynamic you know when i started thinking about this topic i think i think there's a very dynamic element to what counts as, as waffle in a mathematical context there appears to be some level where Waffle can be used as a tool by educators. Dr. Griff is experienced in mathematics education and works closely with undergraduate students. Here's some of what he had to say about mathematics and Waffle in education. To be honest with you, I'm I am I am waffling on. That is exactly what I'm doing here. Like, like, like I, I mean, I was a bit scared when I heard this topic because I was like, Ooh, I'm pretty certain that my lecture style is to stand up and waffle. <laughs> and and I mean, I guess the the hope that I mean, again, I would I would say if you're going to come down to a formal definition, right? Like, what's the um, 
what, what was the, I don't know what the definition was, but I looked it up. Uh, you know, I looked up a definition on the internet before we started, and the one I came up with was to speak or write at length in a vague or trivial manner. Two keywords there are the, the vagueness and the length. Right. And uh, and I think that I when I'm lecturing, I, I want to first give everyone a vague idea of what's going on. That's exactly what I want to do at the start of the lecture. And then eventually we, we hopefully and often we run out of because I go on at length. I think sometimes we run out of time to <laughs> to, to get into the proper, you know, full fine detail of this. But again, I, I argue that, well, that, you know, in the, the short period of a presentation, it's very hard to get people to fully appreciate all of the careful, logical, fine detail. That's something that really only comes with reflection and going over things multiple times. So, so uh, you know, there's a fine line. I think, I think there's some situations where being a bit vague and imprecise and trying to do it multiple times from multiple different directions can actually be valuable because it, it helps perhaps the audience to finally sort of situate themselves in something that they're able to hold hold on to. But it's a very fine balance because if you just keep, I mean, I, I'm sure there are plenty of times where my students have gone, oh, God, he just talked for 20 minutes when he could have said two, <laughs> when he could have said two minutes worth of stuff and got the point across. You know? like, like, so, so, so I think, it, it, you know, there's definitely... There's definitely the ability to, to, to waffle on in ways that are negative. But but if you actually just go down to the, the pure definition and say, well, you know, having a vague idea of something before you try and jump into the fine detail is, is possibly a valuable thing. So you could you can I think there's a place for waffle, but not perhaps not as much as as as, as I would uh, naturally So, in a sense, waffle isn't necessarily bad all the time. There is a context in teaching where waffling on, used sparingly, provides a vague sense of direction which is actually useful. I'm really trying to talk about the individual's internal process. And maybe you do it with a collaborator as well, right? Like maybe you bounce ideas off your collaborator and and it forms a similar similar sort of uh, outcome. But, But... yeah. It, then the question is, how do we how do we get this across to someone else? How how do we get them to to know the answer to this this journey without having to go through all of the missteps that we went through yeah. in order to get there? But 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 I again something that that I think I perhaps I mean like, like this is part of my own teaching philosophy and and I guess I'm I'm not sure whether it's a hundred percent right for all the students i suspect it's not but i actually want my students to have experienced that that struggle like part of growing as a mathematician is being stuck a lot and and learning how to get yourself unstuck and and so that that sort of perhaps i mean maybe we're adopting maybe i'm you know taking the term and using it for my own purposes without keeping true to its original definition but but that process of waffling while <laughs> while um while trying to uh to, to sort of unpack a, a a problem is something i want my students to to have experienced because i think it it helps them understand the growth of of the subject and 
also I am, you know, I have got to a point now with when I teach that, that first year sequence of real analysis, I very deliberately do not start with, okay, here are the basic definitions. Now we're going to make these next definitions and now we're going to do this and now we're going to do this and now and then at the end of this process we finally prove some great amazing theorem. I, I, I much prefer to say, okay, the great amazing theorem we're going to prove is this. And, I mean, look, plenty of people do this as well, right? Like I'm not saying this is unusual, but you, you present the theorem and then the next step away from that is to present the theorem and then say, well, this is where we're headed and then start at the beginning and blah, 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 blah. But I want to, I like going a step further than that. I like presenting the theorem and then saying, let's just try and prove it with the ideas that we've already got. Right? Like, let, let, or with the, the way, where are you at at the moment? How, how would you interpret this thing? Let's try and get into it. And let's find out where we come unstuck, right? And then try and understand why, try and get a motivation for why the clarity and the conciseness of, 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 of making a definition and then moving on from that is important. And I kind of, part of me, part of me be- truly believes that until you've, you've got into the messiness of trying to do it without the formal structure properly established, you don't appreciate why the formal structure is, <laughs> is, is needed. <laughs> so, so it does make, I think, some of those, those lectures I give very, very waffly because, <laughs> because it's, it's kind of like, well, I'm not being precise. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping over details left, right, and center to try and get to what I see as the key motivating reason for presenting those fine details in, in, in the first place. Certainly, I, I guess the thing that does stick in your memory is that occasionally, you know, you ask some question on an exam or on an assignment or something, and you're expecting half a page of an answer, and then some student gives you 20 pages or something. <laughs> you know, maybe not 20, but 10. You know, <laughs> So there's definitely been instances where I've seen, I've seen, voluminous responses to questions where we expected quite a short answer. And, I mean, the thing you've got to stop and think in that circumstance is, okay, is it that, you know, what is it about the the mismatch between what I was expecting and what the student actually produced? Um, And I think in those circumstances, most often the motivating issue is that that the person who's trying to communicate with their, I guess we would class it as waffly writing, mostly it's because they haven't fully understood the concept, I would think, or and that that they've they've missed the point. Maybe that's not quite fair, but they've missed the point somehow. Waffle in students' work is something Dr. Griff clearly uses as an indicator for where a student needs a bit of help. So far, we've talked about the role Waffle plays in communication and mathematics education. We're now going to talk about an even stranger thing, the link between Waffle and the beauty of mathematics, which mathematicians refer to as elegance. There is a sense or perhaps intuition in mathematics for objects, ideas, and concepts that are seen as beautiful. An adjective used to describe this is elegance. This abstract, intangible, intrinsic idea of elegance in mathematics is a curious thing. 
it can describe the moment when something finally clicks in your head and you understand the inner workings of an equation. Or perhaps a large-scale, zoomed-out type of elegance where you see how two different fields connect together through some bizarre way. So th- there's two different sort of parts, I think, to, to what would come into the aesthetic of mathematics. There's the sort of nitty-gritty building blocks and and the from if you're taking the perspective of of a of a theorem builder so to speak where you where you're going to go out into into the mathematical realm and try and come up with a really nice elegant way of explaining why a particular result is is true right so it's some mathematical fact and the the idea that you could have different ways of proving it some of which were more elegant than others so in, in that sort of context, you would, I think normally people ascribe the, the idea of conciseness to elegance or cleverness to elegance. If there's some unusual way of using some other fact in a, in a slightly, you know, a way that no one's ever thought of before, and then suddenly using that other thing to prove this new thing can you know, can sometimes be a bit shocking or whatever, or surprising. So, so elegance can sometimes involve an element of surprise or, uh, you know, un- something that's unusual and, and, and whatnot. But then more often than not, I think people think of that, that sort of elegance idea as something where you, you've got a really direct, concise way of getting to the result. And, you know, connected to that is the idea that it's clear. It's meant to, it's, you know, it's not just a, oh, because of this, then this end of story and there's no understanding really going on. There's meant, there's meant, it's meant to be a process which, which provides clarity to the person who's, who's reading the proof. Here, Dr. Griff touches on the idea of conciseness, amongst other things, in elegance. Conciseness, including removing waffle, is a valuable skill in mathematics communication. You can have very, very brilliant scholars of mathematics who are the first to really prove a, a result or have, have had the insight to realize that a result might even be true or, you know, construct an entire new theory in order to provide, to even be able to state a, a result sort of thing. And yet their, their own way of communicating what they're thinking is is really ineffective. Uh, oh, great. It, it, takes, <laughs> it, takes, it takes other people a lot of time to to sort of really, I guess, convince themselves that it definitely is true, <laughs> and and then come to appreciate what what these these brilliant people have done. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think the analogy is very strong mm. with with what you just described. Yeah, and I, I suspect the same is true in a lot of academic <laughs> fields. So the core idea can be elegant. The fine details of how they present it can very much not be <laughs> uh, elegant and and sometimes people confuse the two i would i would say but it's in the modern world people appreciate clear communication in mathematics more than they used to it's true that a brilliant idea poorly communicated is not very elegant yet dr griff says there is often some messy waffle that a mathematician will go through before arriving at a final 
elegant conclusion. The tendency is to sort of grasp at different ideas and try and figure out how they fit together in a very waffly way. Okay. Now, a lot of people, I suspect, would then say, oh, fine, yes, that's, that's, that, that's the messiness of, of proving a theorem, right? The messiness is that you do not get it right the first time. You don't just start at the beginning and know what the next step is, that you have to, you have to delve in at the end and, 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 and sort of see the connections all the way along the way in different points in the completely wrong order until eventually you sort of see how it all fits together and can write the, oh, now I can see how I go from A to B. I can just go bang, 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 bang. But the creation process behind that was, was, you know, was very, 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 very messy. Under the hood, the proof of the theorem is not the way it appears in the paper at all. It's, <laughs> it, it, it was almost certainly constructed through a, a completely different process that, that perhaps is not apparent. And so I think... Perhaps the creative process there is is the very definition of waffle, that you're that you're that you're um you're sort of grasping at different things, you're, you're restating stuff over and over and over in your head until it eventually sort of gets formed into a clear, sculpted, and elegant output. And yeah, I mean, for, to, to go back into the uh, paradigm of waffle is bad the the process of of writing the proof out for consumption by other people is to remove all of the waffle that you necessarily had to <laughs> engage with while while developing the theory so yeah i think i think that's how i would would react to that idea of well how does the complexity of mathematics connect with with waffle and I mean to come, yeah, to come back to something that we've also been discussing. It, the elegance, perhaps, is in clearing away that messiness, so that when another person looks at it, they don't have to spend three months bashing their head against the wall to to understand it. You you've sort of short circuited all of that process for them, and and now they can. You know, to borrow a phrase of is it Isaac Newton? I don't know. Stand on the shoulder of the people who came before them, and and sort of not have to go through that messiness themselves because you've figured out how to clearly express it in a quick and efficient way that avoids waffle. Whilst waffle can be a pain to sit through, it plays a subtle yet important role in mathematical elegance, communication, and education. So the next time you think about sending a three-paragraph text or a 2,000-word email, it might not be as bad as you think. We hope you'll join us for the next episode in this series on the connections between writing and gesture. What do our bodies do? Thanks for listening.